I'm Carlos Virgen, and this is The Storyline, produced by The Day in New London, Connecticut. With the nonstop stream of news and social media updates, and yes, unfortunately, misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic, we expect that many of you have some questions and concerns about how the crisis might affect your life. We've been listening to you and we've received almost 100 questions so far. We're trying to answer as many of these as we can. On this week's episode, we'll go through 14 reader-submitted questions that were answered by a nurse practitioner at Ledgelight Health District. We'll also hear about what some of our local communities are doing to show solidarity and unity, if only from their front doors, windows, and yards during this time of social distancing. First, readers submitted questions about the coronavirus pandemic with answers provided by Ledgelight Health District. First reader submitted question. Is it possible to have had the virus in late January into February before we began hearing about cases and social distancing? The first case of COVID-19 in the U.S. was reported January 21, 2020. Because some individuals infected with COVID-19 are asymptomatic, it is possible that an individual who traveled to an affected area such as Wuhan, China, prior to that date could have become infected but was unaware. In that scenario, however, you would expect to see an outbreak as others were exposed to the virus and developed symptoms. Next reader question. Does the coronavirus test show if you have had it as well as if you currently have it? The COVID-19 test shows if you currently have the virus. Keep in mind that it is possible to have COVID-19 but have a false negative test because of a bad sample or for other reasons. Next question. If a person recovers from COVID-19, are they immune from future infections? Because it is a new virus, it is unclear whether people who recover from COVID-19 develop immunity or how long the immunity lasts. Generally speaking, after exposure to a virus, the human body produces antibodies, which provide some level of immunity to that specific virus. Over time, the levels of antibodies decline and hosts become susceptible to reinfection from the virus. Being immune to one type of coronavirus does not necessarily provide immunity to another type of coronavirus. Also, viruses have the ability to mutate. According to Harvard Medical School, most people would likely develop at least short-term immunity to the specific coronavirus that causes COVID-19. However, you would still be susceptible to a different coronavirus infection. Or this particular virus could mutate, just like the influenza virus does each year. Often, these mutations change the virus enough to make you susceptible because your immune system thinks it is an infection that it has never seen before. Next reader question. Are they going to release where the people who tested positive worked so the rest of us can get tested or do more to protect our loved ones? No, that is confidential information. Contact tracing protocols vary depending on occupation, exposure, travel history, etc. The time period from when a person is exposed to when they develop symptoms could be anywhere from 2 to 14 days. So getting tested and having a negative result may provide a false sense of security. We can help protect ourselves and our loved ones by being vigilant about hand washing, avoiding touching our faces, disinfecting high touch surfaces, and practicing social distancing. Here are the next two questions which will be addressed by one answer. First question, 
We subscribe to the day in print, which my wife likes to read at the breakfast table. If the virus remains viable on cardboard for 24 hours and newsprint seems even less absorptive than cardboard, is it safe to handle the newspaper or have it on our table? What about packages that are delivered? Do we have to wear gloves while handling them and wipe them with disinfecting wipes? Same thing with mail. According to the CDC, it may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it, then touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly their eyes. Though this is not thought to be the main way that the virus spreads. Because this is a new disease, researchers are still learning about how it spreads. An important measure is good hand washing and avoiding touching your face. The next reader question. Does high heat kill the virus? The CDC reports that generally coronaviruses survive for shorter periods of time at higher temperatures and higher humidity than in cooler or drier environments. However, we don't have direct data for this virus, nor do we have direct data for a temperature-based cutoff for inactivation at this point. Next question, does the virus have to be transmitted by another person or can a person just get it on their own? The virus is transmitted primarily through respiratory droplets, through close person-to-person -person contact within six feet, or through contact with surfaces that have been contaminated with respiratory droplets. Next question. Is it known whether or not people over 70 have experienced only mild symptoms, or is that only true for younger people? According to the CDC, in the United States for the period February 12th through March 16th, the data for adults in the ages 75 to 84 shows that 30.5 to 58.7% of patients in this age group were hospitalized. 10.5 to 31% required ICU admission and 4.3 to 10.5% suffered fatalities. There is still a lot that we don't know as this is a new virus. Next reader question. Coronavirus is said to be shed in fecal matter. What risk is there in public toilets that flush forcefully and could potentially spray and aerosolize the virus? The CDC states, the virus that causes COVID-19 has been detected in the feces of some patients diagnosed with COVID-19. The amount of virus released from the body in stool, how long the virus is shed, and whether the virus in stool is infectious are not known. The risk of transmission of COVID-19 from the feces of an infected person is also unknown. However, the risk is expected to be low based on data from previous outbreaks of related coronaviruses. Flushing toilets without lids could potentially aerosolize viruses and also contaminate surfaces. Next question. What about blended families who normally send kids back and forth for visitations? Should visitation stop during the quarantine? In a situation where one parent or member of a household is quarantined, then the visitation should be rescheduled until the quarantine period is over. Otherwise, that is an individualized decision. Either way, all involved parties should practice social distancing, good hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette, and disinfect high-touch surfaces. Question number 12. Can a person be more at risk for contracting COVID-19 if they are already fighting the flu or cold? It is possible, however, there is not much data available. Generally speaking, the immune system is taxed by fighting illness. We do know that co-infection, having two infections simultaneously with COVID-19 and other respiratory illness is possible. Question 13. I take blood thinner daily because of two mechanical heart valves 
and I'm in otherwise good health at age 43. Does being on blood thinner alone put me at risk for serious COVID-19? Warfarin as a blood thinner medication does not put you at higher risk for COVID-19 or complications, but some of the underlying conditions that are managed with warfarin or other anticoagulants may make you higher risk for complications for COVID-19. According to the CDC, conditions that place individuals at high risk for serious illness from COVID-19 include chronic lung disease, asthma, heart disease, or serious heart conditions, severe obesity, diabetes, renal failure, liver disease, and any condition or treatment that compromises the immune system. This list may not include all the underlying conditions that increase risk for serious illness from COVID-19, so you should consult your healthcare provider with concerns. Last reader question. If I had open gallbladder surgery, am I more susceptible of getting COVID-19? Surgery is a major stressor on the body. The stress response of the immune system could, in theory, make a person more susceptible to illness from COVID-19. Open gallbladder surgery may require inpatient hospitalization for three to five days. Being hospitalized could potentially expose you to COVID-19. Thanks to Mary Day, a nurse practitioner at Ledgelight Health District, for answering those questions. Ledgelight Health District serves as the local health department for East Lyme, Groton, Ledgerd, Lyme, New London, North Stonington, Old Lyme, Stonington, and Waterford. Also, a thank you to reporter Erica Moser for putting together that Q&A. You can submit your own questions or concerns about the current pandemic by visiting theday.com slash coronavirus questions. Ada. 7.29. 7.29. What time is it? 20, 29 and a half. Here we go. I first saw it on Facebook. A Facebook friend did a live video and she took out her pot and a thermometer and she started banging her pot with a thermometer and banging her pot with a thermometer. And I thought, what is she doing? We are going live. Sarah had Everyone started this group online, Make Noise New London, and said to share it. And whenever she does something um, Let's see some cool like that, I end up sharing it. Uh, super creative, awesome, artistic city we live in. And since we can't be near each other physically, we can um, figure out a way to unite each other. So I started texting all of my friends and Facebooking all of my friends and saying at 7.30, get your pots and pans, get whatever noisemakers you have, bring them outside and let's make noise and show New London and the world that we are united. It just feels kind of nice to have some unity when we're so far apart as a community right now. It's just kind of something to let other people know that you're here, that maybe they're not alone. Maybe if they hear a little bit of a noise that, you know, there's somebody else out there. It would be so cool if so many people did it and you could just hear it everywhere. Good night, neighbors. Good night, neighbors. Good night, neighbors. <laughs> I'm Jackie Keller. Kids are stuck inside for all this time and it is a, a very hard time for them.
music that it brings harmony, there's rhythm, there's a great peacefulness about it, and there's a togetherness. So since we're kind of all isolated, we thought, let's try standing in our doorways and we will sing. And then our dogs will sing with us. We heard audio from a recent effort called Make Some Noise that encouraged friends and neighbors in New London to make noise outside every night at 7.30 p.m. to give people something to smile about. We also heard student renditions of America the Beautiful as part of an event called Music Unifies Mystic, which was organized by local teacher June Ingram and one of her students, Jackie Keller. Finally, we heard sounds from a parade organized by teachers and staff from Quaker Hill School as a reminder to students that they are thinking of them. Thank you to photographer Sarah Gordon and multimedia director Peter Wabi for the audio. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please take some time to rate and review us. That helps us reach more listeners. 